How you doing? You okay? How's it going? How you feeling today? Welcome to Self Defined, the podcast from Right Track Medical Group dedicated to destigmatizing mental health in the South through genuine conversation about the challenges that we all face every day. For more information, please visit our website, righttrackmedical.com backslash south of fine. While we hope you enjoy listening to our podcast, please remember that this is not a substitute for professional diagnosis or for the treatment of any mental health condition. Hey guys, thanks for coming back for another episode of South of Fine. I am still your host, Reese Lau. If you are a parent like me, you've probably spent a lot of time worrying about your kids. And as I've personally come to discover, that worry has been exacerbated by COVID-19. Everything our kids do is affected by a world that is living through a pandemic, especially as we begin to step out again and begin to carry on with our lives. Though most camps for our children were canceled, many activities have started back, but they look a lot different than they did pre-COVID. Kids wear masks and get their temperatures taken before football practice. Gloves are required at art class. There's no mingling before or after rehearsal or practice. Things are just different. Kids and parents have more to remember, new forms to fill out. (laughs) Forms. Those are so much fun. Inevitably, all of this is enhancing anxiety. And like I said, exacerbating those typical worries all parents had before COVID, such as their education or too much idle time, uh, lack of social interaction or too much social interaction. The list goes on and on. According to a Spanish study from Miguel Hernandez University, which looked at the psychological impact of the confinement on children, about 90% of 431 Spanish parents surveyed described emotional and behavioral changes in their kids, including difficulty concentrating, irritability, and anxiety. Okay, guys, in today's episode, I want to look at the ways our current environment is affecting our children and discuss the ways that parents, that we as parents, I always have to include myself. I have four kids and sometimes I forget I have kids. That's on purpose. Just kidding. Um, But we do want to look at ways that we as parents can help our kids. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, Our guests are Megan Welch, a nurse practitioner with Right Track Medical, and Leslie Binsick, a therapist with uh, Right Track Medical in Tupelo, Mississippi. Welcome, guys. Hey. Thank you. All right. So... Through all the technical issues, you guys have bear with me. So I'm very appreciative of you being here and um, your patience, which is what it takes to uh, deal with children, as we all know. So just to kind of kick us off, how have, how have you seen children and teens reacting to this pandemic and you know everything that's going on right now? Megan, could you kick us off? Sure. Um, I've seen a significant increase in stress, worry, sadness, loneliness, anxiety, and depression in children and teens alike. Um, Change is anxiety-provoking. A sudden change is extremely anxiety-provoking. The fear of the unknown is scary for me, for you, especially for our children. So the increase in these feelings comes to no surprise to me. Great. Uh, Anything to add, Leslie? No, I think she's definitely right. Um, the only other thing that I think is, is kind of contributed to a lot of this is a lot of the things that they've lost. Um, this happened at a, a big time of the year where, the, you know, we've got graduations, we've got dances, we've got vacations. So a lot of kids are, are missing out on things that they would normally be able to enjoy. So yeah. that's just kind of contributed to some of the 
some of the issues that they've had. Absolutely. So what are some potential, I've, I've pondered this myself without, as everyone knows, cause I mentioned it every single episode, I'm not a mental health professional. <laughs> Um, but I have, you know, we as parents, we ponder this, we ponder the long-term effects of this pandemic on our children's health and their more specifically their psychological development. Any thoughts on that guys? Leslie, why don't you start this one? Well, the biggest thing is kids just like everybody else, you know, they kind of need to know a little bit about what's going on. I'm not necessarily saying that you've got to over inform them, but I do think education is power. So if you let them know kind of what is going on and what they can do to kind of handle the situation better or how you're going to go into the situation, then I think that's helpful for the kids because then they feel like that they're more empowered to to handle things more efficiently and effectively. It's a hard line to walk, though, isn't it? It really is. It really is because we don't want to create more fear by telling them too much. But if you don't tell them anything, then that creates more panic. Right. Which is kind of how a lot of us grew up. <laughs> Our parents didn't tell us anything. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that because, um, I guess, due to mental health professionals, that's, that is changing. Um, we're understanding that communication is key. So are there any signs that parents should be aware of that would clue them into the stress or anxiety they, that kids are experiencing? Um, yes, uh, parents should know that everyone reacts differently to stress, but parents know their children better than anyone else. Um, I would say that if they're more withdrawn than usual, more upset than usual, more clingy than usual, having more complaints like of pain, discomfort, their stomach hurting, if their eating or sleeping habits change drastically, then that means that they're, you know, it could be experiencing anxiety or even depression. That makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, some of those somatic complaints are things that a lot of times as parents, we look over. We see those somatic complaints and think, oh, okay, they're getting sick or they're getting a stomach virus, when in all actuality, it could just actually be a sign of anxiety. Right. I don't think a lot of parents think about that. And, I mean, I have three children, so <laughs> I don't, um, you know, I'm not going to freak out over every stomachache. <laughs> Right, especially with the third or fourth, I've you know you freak out way less, <laughs> <laughs> but they're a lot stronger for it, I guess, huh? That's right. Okay, so as 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 we loosen guidelines um, and kids begin to step back out, as they have, is there a chance that children may be anxious about going out into the world now? And how can parents talk to them about these concerns? Oh, absolutely. Um, we've kept them in for so long. And so once we, we do re-enter re into society, of course, they're going to you know have a little bit of anxiety of what to do. As a parent, one of the things that you know we can do is, again, empower our kids and educate our kids on things that we have control of. So meaning um, wearing face masks, if you're in a, a setting to where that is an option, um, proper hand washing, um, trying to maintain that six-foot distance from one another. Um, the other thing, again, is, you know, kind of teaching them about um, warning signs that we're looking for, meaning, you know, we're checking our temps before they leave the house, and if we have any temperature, then we're not going anywhere. A lot of places that we're going to are doing the same thing. So just kind of teaching the kids that other people 
are watching some of the same warning signs. And so therefore, you know, we're, we're trying to limit the exposure that we're having on other people. I have a odd question. Uh, Leslie, you have children as well. Is that what you said? I do. Yeah. How, what did you guys call? (laughs) So at our house, I don't know how this happened. We called it the virus. Mm -hmm. Um, did y'all, is there a better way to, to put that to the younger kids? The vi- they, were, they were very, they're like, we can't go out because of the virus. Sounds very end of world. So I didn't know. <laughs> I've heard people th- say other things. I just was want, curious what you guys called it. I think you got to know your kids. You got to know your environment. <laughs> <laughs> Good I don't answer. know that there's a right way or a wrong way. Um, we kind of went into it saying the virus as well. Um, and then I started saying my four year old run around saying, Oh, have you got Corona? Have you got a Corona? And I was like, Oh gosh, we can't do this. I can just imagine going to church and him asking for a Corona. Um, so That's all I worth it. I sat him down and kind of talked to him about it a little bit. And I was like, Oh goodness, what has mommy done? But you know, he was sitting there while we were watching the news and things like that. So, you know, one of the things that my husband and I had to did it had to do is kind of be aware of how much we were exposing the kids to everything because we had the news on ninety percent of the time while I'm cleaning the house or you know just different things. And I was like, wait, this is not good because again, that's exposing my kids to, to stuff they really don't need to, to worry about. You don't want to overexpose them to those things, right? And depending on their age, you never know what they're thinking when they're seeing all these people wearing masks on the news and all these things going on. So you never know what they're gonna think of that so the limit exposure is good so when it comes to getting back into school what's going to happen when they get back there is there going to be i mean i guess we can say yes there's going to be anxiety but how's that going to manifest itself well to start off and i'm sure that leslie can add to this but i think that when the children do go back to school it's going to be different there's going to be different ways they go about doing things as far as keeping distance and other, you know, things as far as hygiene that they're going to be incorporating. But I mean, for a lot of the children, they left for spring break and then now they're not going back to the fall, you know, until the fall. So I think we are going to see a huge, um, you know, increase in anxiety and things like that. But now is the time to, you know, prepare your children, teach them different coping skills, how to, you know, prepare them when they do go back to school and for the changes. Leslie might could comment more on, you know, specific coping skills to help your child deal with that. But I think preparing now is important. Leslie, Megan put you on the spot. So let's. let's... (laughs) Um, I mean, there's a host of different coping skills. I I truly believe in finding things that are individual to you. Um, But, you know, some of the the more general coping skills you can have is music and journaling and drawing and uh, mindfulness ex- exercises and deep breathing. Um, I firmly believe in sports and, you know, those physical outlets, but just having your friends and family and uh, having an open space where kids can kind of talk about their feelings and talk about what's going on, I think is, is important. Um, we can't shelter our kids from all of this. Um, I think we talked about that a little bit earlier. We do have to kind of talk about what's going to happen. Um, I read an article the other day that said, you know, if the schools do require um, kids to wear masks instead of waiting till August and being like, okay, now you get to wear this mask for eight hours, go ahead and start exposing them to a little bit of it now. You know, put the mask on them for 20 and 30 minutes a day and, and start trying to build your way up so that way it's not a culture shock to having to wear that mask all day long. 
That's a good idea. Yeah, because I mean, I noticed the other day I was actually getting used to it. Uh, when whereas in the beginning it was awful, and I was even right. trepidatious to even because I thought people would make fun of me for wearing a mask, even though everyone else was wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. It's kind of odd. One thing I do want to add is, you know, during all this, you know, it is a time of uncertainty, but I cannot stress enough, you know, how important having a routine for kids and for ourselves as adults is. You know, I've seen such an increase with anxiety and especially depression in people because they went through, you know, those times of just laying around the house, not having anything to do. So trying to talk to them about how to set up daily routines for ourselves even if we don't have work or we don't have school, some kind of just normal general house routines that we can have around our own homes. Right. You have to make your own new routine. That I always go through that with every single patient that comes in. What is your new routine? What are you doing differently that's causing you these problems? And talk through that. Yeah. Is that – go ahead, Leslie. No, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. It's just interesting because we hear that all the time, and I guess that – that old adage of we're creatures of habit. There's a lot of weight to that. Those habits create routine. And when they're disrupted, we're disrupted. Right. Is it that routine gives us focus or, um, you know, like why is routine so important? Well, in a lot of ways it gives us a purpose for the day. You know, it kind of gives us something to do to where we feel like we're, we're getting things done and we're getting, we're being accomplished. I'm not saying that you got to get up and run a marathon or you've got to reorganize your pantry every day, but, you know, let's get up, let's brush our teeth, let's take a shower. You know, those, those, daily, um, those daily skills that we do every day, sometimes we take advantage of. Um, yeah, those first things, it's easy to accomplish. You feel a sense of accomplishment, like sweeping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy. I love sweeping. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, not me. <laughs> you can come to my house. I have a, a lot of stuff for you to sweep up. I didn't say I'd do it a lot. Okay, so as parents, so we're all anxious and stressed, and we're just as unhealthy as anybody else. So how is our stress and anxiety affecting these kids? So if you're running around a bundle of nerves all the time, your children are going to see that. And But if you react calm, cool, rational, your children are going to see that too. Um, you know, more often than not, children will mirror their parents reactions during stressful times so that is important for parents to remember when talking to your children during these stressful times I completely agree you know as parents we're teachers first Um, our kids watch everything that we do and if we are struggling then they see it Um, but if they see that we're taking care of ourselves um, then they're going to know you know and even learn some new ways to take care of themselves Um, whether it be going outside and taking a walk or going and reading a book or, you know, going to journal some of your feelings or whatever it may be, you know, the kids are watching us do that. So we have to very much be aware of what we're doing first. Yeah. Those are really great points. Um, kids are just highly empathetic. Is that they're just, are all kids born that way? Or is it just, is it mimicry or am I getting too in depth? (laughs) (laughs) I think it could be both. Yeah. Sorry. It's just, I mean, you know, if you have kids, it's like this constant whirlwind of thought, like what, because you don't want to screw them up. Right. You have to really, you know, pay attention to what you're exposing them to, how you're reacting and what they see you do. You are their role model for sure. It was around 25, I think, that I started thinking back on 
all the things that my parents had told me and being and being like, whoa, that was actually right. I get it. And how they were reacting to things that I didn't understand at the time, but did get as an adult. And it's like, wow, that was a very intelligent, wise reaction. Um, so it, yeah, it sticks with you for a long time. Um, <laughs> more and more that do as I say, not as I do, does not work. And, you know, mm. our kids are doing things that, you know, they're watching what we do and they're demonstrating some of the same skills, you know, because they say you doing it. Well, if you can do it, why can't I? Right. So. And actions speak louder than words. It, absolutely. Um, okay. You guys are awesome. And uh, once again, thank you all for I, I'm so I'm a little too open with our audience because uh, I just believe in being wide open. Um, good. The, uh, the <laughs> thank you for bearing through the, all the technical stuff and hurdles and you guys are well worth it. Um, this is really insightful and I, I know that a lot of people are going to um, get some great, great tips from this. Uh, we'd love for you guys to come back and I promise you, Leslie, we will get somebody down there to help <laughs> facilitate <laughs> the studio next time. So where can some par- parents find more information about how to help their children and teens through all this? There are several developing resources online. I mean, you can look on YouTube and just do a simple Google search. Right Track is always updating our Facebook page and we're always adding um, different resources and things like that, that that are helpful for families to use as well. Great. Um, and then one very loaded question to end on, uh, at what point do parents need to seek professional help for their children? I would say when um, when the symptoms the child is experiencing starts to interfere with their daily lives for several days in a row, like when the mild worrying turns into excessive worrying or when the feeling of being on edge happens nearly every day. Yeah. That's good. That's very good. Leslie, any thoughts? I agree. And, uh, you know, you know your kids, you know, Megan said this earlier, you know your kids better than anybody else. So if you start noticing any significant withdrawal issues or just like she said, you know, a change in daily functioning, then that's a that's a, a, a clear sign that something's going on that we may need to, to at least address a little further. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much. It's been wonderful having you. Great, great insight, as I said before. Guys, if you have any questions about mental health that you'd like one of our providers to answer in a future episode, please email southoffine at righttrackmedical.com. And if you like more information about Right Track Medical or the South of Fine podcast, please visit righttrackmedical.com. I'm Reese, and I look forward to continuing this conversation with you guys in upcoming episodes of South of Fine. Leslie and Megan, thank you. Thank you. Check you later. If you have questions about mental health and the COVID-19 pandemic that you'd like our providers to answer in a future episode, please email southoffine at righttrackmedical.com. And if you'd like more information about Right Track Medical Group or the South of Fine podcast, please visit righttrackmedical.com. Thanks to our production team, Kelly Huntsberger, Caitlin Clegg, Carol Ann Hughes, Alica Batista, and Reese Lau. Special thanks to Squadcast for providing superior remote interview services.